The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. I'm your host, Yue Shu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host, Julie Kraftchik. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything, from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. We are excited you've joined us for an older episode. While our earlier seasons were all about dating in San Francisco, we quickly realized all the themes and learnings are universal for all daters, so we shifted to covering dating from all around the world as the seasons progress. The fun part is, things happen first in San Francisco, the tech epicenter and counterculture capital of the world. We love for you to keep tuning in to our older episodes, but there is no set order to listen in, so feel free to jump to more recent seasons or relevant episodes for you. Enjoy the show. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is hosted by me, I'm Yue, a former dating coach in New York turned active dater in San Francisco. On each episode, you'll hear commentary by my co-host, Michael Vargas, a fellow dating coach with a clinical psychology background, my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. Stay tuned until the end of the episode for a fun dating fact presented by our partner, Lively, a new dating app that uses videos to tell your story. 
By the way, we started a t-shirt line and we're pretty sure these t-shirts would make killer presents for the holidays. So check it out on our website at datablepodcast.com. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about dating in San Francisco. We've been quite promiscuous with our co-hosts lately, and this week we have Harvey. Hey, Harvey. Hey, I'm the rebound. (laughs) (laughs) So this might be it, but we'll see if I stick around. One night stand. Rebounds are sometimes the sexiest sex. Yeah. Quite dirty. We um, we wanted Harvey to be our to be my co-host because Harvey is a self-proclaimed high-frequency dater. What does that mean? It means that I explore rapidly and then I burn myself out and take a nap and declare bankruptcy, <laughs> which is delete all the apps and uh, just go organic. It's really strange. When you say high-frequency, how many dates per week? Well, five. Wow. S- sometimes a double book, but mostly. The weekends are for friends and the weekdays are for dating. What about you, you, eh? What's your dating frequency? I would say I'm the opposite of Harvey. I'm a low-frequency dater. Uh, Most of my dates convert into second, third dates. I rarely go on a bunch of first dates. But I I do admire people who have the time and energy to do high-frequency dating because I think that's a great way to get to know what you like and what you don't like. So today... We have a beautiful lady sitting next to me, Megan, who is the founder of meetfoxy.com. She is a life and dating coach. Megan and I met for lunch or for coffee a long mm-hmm. time ago, like months and months ago. Long time. And we were kind of sharing dating stories and I thought my some of my dating stories were crazy and then she started sharing some of hers and I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> Like, she wins. So what's the story you have for us today? Oh, man. Well, you know, I tend to enjoy really unique people, both in my social and uh, dating life. And so the guys I've dated have been very, very, very unique. And the last one was no exception. I moved to Bali for a couple years, and I was really happy to live there. And so I would go back and forth, San Francisco to Bali. Was it Eat, Pray, Love? Kind of. I went, you know, I got laid off from my corporate tech jobby job and went traveling and just fell in love with the place, broke up with a boyfriend, moved back to Bali and... Finding yourself. Went on an adventure and I met this guy, very cute, looked a little like Justin Bieber. He seemed pretty normal on on the surface, but I find that when you do long distance, like the freaky shit starts to come out, you know, Um, because I would come back to San Francisco and a week would go by, you know, we'd send messages, I miss you sexy pictures, it was all good, you know, a little sexy talk. But then once like a month or six weeks would go by, things would start to get pretty freaky, mostly mostly on his end. <laughs> and I started to notice like this guy this guy kind of has a food fetish. <laughs> like what a, what is this? It's stuff I'd never seen before. But you know, as sexual tension would build, we wouldn't be having sex for a while. And so he would like outlet that with these like really freaky fantasies. And so of course, as any, any good girlfriend would do, I'd share them with my girlfriends. And they were like, please break up with this guy so we can put them on the internet. So funny. So um, I had a personal favorite. You can kind of, I'll share it with you right now. He started it out with some sexy photos of him. like Megan's showing me photos right now. Okay. Oh, he does look like a dark-haired Justin Bieber. Right? He's, he's like flexing for me in the photos. Okay. And then the letter goes on to explain how, wow, just so you know, I, I'm getting really into bodybuilding, which is funny because he's like kind of a skinny guy. Okay. So I'm getting really into bodybuilding, and I just want to let you know it's getting me pumped up. I think I need to write you this sexy letter. 
So I'll share a little excerpt from the letter. I hope it's not like too inappropriate. Can <laughs> you do it in his voice for the show? Yeah, <clears throat> I'll, I'll speak. I'll speak in his in his notes. I'm gonna skip to like the good parts. You would be cooking eggs while I'm fucking you from behind, and then right away when they're done, you'd shut off the stove, and I'd come inside you and just hold you. Shortly afterwards, we'd bring the eggs into bed and feed them to each other, and then I would go down on you. I know you might think to yourself, but you have egg breath. <laughs> yeah, baby, I have egg breath, but nothing in the world can stop me from eating your pussy right now. Oh, God. <laughs> I'd continue to eat your pussy while I have a finger inside you looking around for your G-spots. Then I'd make you come and I'd cuddle you and tell you I have a surprise for you. I'd walk outside and come right back in seconds later with a full rack of steaming bacon and a yeah. little dip oh, of cum. Damn. Yeah. I was waiting for the bacon. Yeah. <laughs> Every girl's fantasy, right? And a little dipping cup of maple syrup. You would start reaching for the bacon and I would say, wait a minute, and I would wrap my dick with bacon and drip maple syrup all over it and make you eat the bacon off of it. Bacon wrapped dick, yes! <laughs> when you're done eating the bacon off my cock, I'd go down on you again and put my cock back inside you and fuck you really slowly until we both came. Then we would fall asleep and wake up and say, wow, that was crazy. Love you. How much time was breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> So spotted dick, that's yes. what spotted so, dick is. He said it, love you? He said, love you. Yeah, Sincerely, so needless you. to say, breakfast has never been the same for me. <laughs> have you guys ever acted this out? We have not. And I called him afterwards and said, Nev, was that for real? Like, were, were you serious? And he was like, oh yeah. Did you guys 100%. eat breakfast in the same room after that? Oh yeah, we had, we had several breakfasts, but never dick-related breakfasts. I have a really important question. Mm -hmm. Who made the bacon? That's a great question. Yeah, that is a good question. There is a... He probably did before, because he planned it all out in his like freaky sexual fantasy. He should be more explicit about that. You're right. right. He should have written it out. Like I previously had cooked the bacon an hour and a half before, yeah. or I had our hired help cook the bacon. Uh, so when you first said that he was really into like food stuff as fetish, I thought it was like insertion of food or mm. like playing around with food. I didn't realize it was actually cooking and oh, yeah. then fucking. Egg breath, wow, that that's a really nice one. He's talked about like dripping maple syrup on me or honey, but I always thought that would be too sticky or weird, you know? Mm. I was like, I don't, I don't think that's actually sexy, only in fantasy land. But he was actually into that. He's like, no, I'd really want that to happen. In fact, he had another fantasy where he would like hung up hot dogs and had me like, eat them. <laughs> Hung up hot dogs like, like from the street. ceiling? Yeah, yeah. And then I had to like go after them like bobbing for apples. But we, like bite into them or like suck on them? Like bite into them. I don't know. I can't explain Were you naked? sexual mind. Yeah, like I'd be all sexy and like naked and like <laughs> sexy eating hot dogs if you can pull that off. I don't know. So and I'm a pretty sexually liberated open-minded person so I always was like yeah cool I'll play into your fantasies that's all right. How long had you been dating before before he revealed oh, this fetish? I think we were together about like eight months um, before that. How many yeah. of those months were long distance? Probably like two or three of the months were long distance and then the rest was togetherness time. Very interesting. Do you think right? it would have come out no matter what, but it just was expedited by the distance? 
I don't know if you've ever done long distance, but you can get pretty sexually frustrated and your mind goes crazy places. You're just like, uh, everything starts looking sexy to you. Apparently hot dogs. Like. <laughs> well, hot dogs are sexy. Did you notice anything from like your first date or second date? Like the way he handled food or the way he looked at you while you're eating? Did you always have sex no, no. around breakfast time? <laughs> Morning sex was a thing, but uh, no, no, no signs that he was like a weird like food fetish kind of kind of guy. Was food always involved with sex? No, not always. But was sex always better with food around? Probably for him. No, well, my girlfriends joked. They were like, Megan, you need to write him a letter back. Like he could be nacho man. You could write a nacho fantasy about how like you want to be human nachos. If you wrote anything <laughs> back, you could have got an awesome fantasy back. Right, I know, it's, it's just ridiculous. So he would never date a vegetarian? Definitely not. Yeah. That's like a disqualifier for him. That's, yeah. that's for Vegan. Sure. <laughs> Hell no, uh-uh. How did you meet him again? We met in Bali. We just happened to be staying in the same vacation house, and there it was. Why was he in Bali? He was there. He has an interesting story. He was on the run from the law, actually. <laughs> was he stealing food? He wasn't. He got in trouble, like, doing some, you know. So he's a bad boy. Yeah, he's a bad boy, doing some things he shouldn't do. When you say you fall for, or you date unique people, I'm not going to say fall for all of them. Um, you know, is bad boys one of the categories? I have in the past fallen for some bad boys, but now in my mature older age, I, <laughs> I, I tend to, I like guys who are unique and different, but not in the bad boy way. I've learned to differentiate the two. Still unique, still their own people, but they don't have to be lawbreakers or food what did we say? Food. We can combine sexy words. We can, make a, sexy, we can make a super yeah. word. Food fetish people. Sexies. Sex, <laughs> sexy foodies? Food sexies? Foodish. Foodish. Foodish? Yes. No, that's not hot. Yeah. I, yeah, there's no, there's nothing, there's <laughs> nothing, yeah. None of this is hot <laughs> to me at all. Yeah, I was not turned on by his initial letter, but I was very amused. And you didn't break up with him because of it. I didn't. I did eventually break up with him, strong. but it, it wasn't because of that. I came back to San Francisco, and I realized this is where my business is. This is where my family is. So I called him and broke up with him over Skype. Bit of a dick move. He must just have erections all the time going through like ballparks, you know, Whole Foods, kitchens. Problem. Think of all that blood flow redirecting from his brain. He's yeah. just like hard on all the time. It? Did you ever ask him where this fetish came from? How did he discover it? Um, I asked him about it. I was like, wait, are you for real? And he said, yeah, I really like that. And he said, I just really love food, you know, like food. If I eat good food, it just really turns me on. It like makes me hard. Maybe I'm super vanilla. I just don't like to play around with food in bed because I don't like crumbs in bed. And then I have to change my sheets. I mean, I'm thinking about like, if he ate eggs, he had egg breath and he went down on you, are there like egg particles in your pussy? And then like, how do you clean that shit out? So then you couldn't be converted to like messy sex because there's something to be said for people who are like so horny so turned on that they just want it anytime there's a fetish for that in fact I had a friend tell me the other day that they went to Burning Man and that there was a gay guy there who was like had a sign on that said I will suck your like dirty playa <laughs> disgusting unclean dusty shaved cock 
Oh my God. And, then, <laughs> and it was like a fetish thing. Like, it's so dirty, but it doesn't matter because I'm so turned on right now that I want it anyway. Yeah, I guess we can't completely yeah. rationalize fetishes, right? They come from somewhere. I get the concept of throwing it down anywhere and having like rough, raw sex. Like, that's really hot. Yeah. I, but I'm, you know, I'm in my mid 30s. I like to think about like the aftermath. What am I cleaning up here, right? Am I going to get a UTI from this? <laughs> I don't want an egg UTI. <laughs> that exactly. shit is gonna sting. Yeah, hot tubs are not hot tubs. Anymore. Bacon, UTI. Yeah, yeah, bacon UTI. <laughs> yeah. All that grease. Oh hell no! I'm gonna have to explain to... it to my doctor. How did you get this UTI? Oh, I was fucking someone. Bacon yeah. wrapped around his penis. <laughs> right. I don't know. Know. I don't know. I just want to explain that. I don't want to smell like a Big Mac for two weeks. <laughs> like that's just not. Can it's I, just not worth can it. Can I ask a fetish question? When someone writes their fetish, do they actually want to do the exact thing that they write? Or are they just announcing to you, hey, I like to have sex around breakfast. If it gets a little weird, that'd be cool. That's a hard thing to say because there's this weird different, there's like, there, there's fantasy world and then there's reality. And to me, that's what's so fun about fantasies is you can do anything right. up in your own mind, you know? Yeah. Like, you can go anywhere. And then if you talk about it, does that mean you actually want to do those things? Sometimes not. Like, a lot of girls have, like, gangbang fantasies. But then they're like, oh, no, I don't actually want to get fucked by ten guys at once. But in my mind, that's really hot. So. Oh, that's such a great point. Because if you look at my, like, porn history, you'd be like, this girl's sick. Yeah, what is your deal? Yeah, like, whatever's in your head is a little safe, different than you know? what you're able to do in real life. Okay. In Bieber's defense, he's thinking... <laughs> 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 It'd be great if this actually was Justin Bieber. <laughs> he's, you know, he's thinking of you. He wants to have sex with you, and he's maybe having breakfast, and he's bored. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, God, what can I do with all this breakfast food? I made too much. And plus, what's better than bacon? So if he's like comparing me or sex with me to bacon, like it's kind of a compliment. That's a beautiful yeah, so thing, you know? It, why is this not a category? Let me look at you porn. Categories of you porn. We've got like lesbian, pantyhose, amateur, brunette, Latina, anal. Um, Where's, the Where's, Where's the bacon? bacon? Where's the bacon? Where's the bacon? Masturbation, <laughs> female Master friendly, bacon? orgy, <laughs> dildos. Master bacon! <laughs> bacon porn fetish. Bacon on everything. Japanese, Japanese meat, meat fetish, fetish porn. Oh, see, Japanese always have it down. They, they got it down. Oh, no, I don't know what that is. I don't want to look at that. Oh, <laughs> shit. Look at all that bacon wrapped on these titties. These are bacon bikinis. Bacon wrapped titties. That's different. So have you talked to him since? Oh, yeah, definitely. In fact, after I broke up with him, that's a funny story, too. Like, a few weeks ago, he, was, he messaged me. He's like, Megan, I have a big problem. I need you to help me solve it. I lost all the pictures of your boobs. My computer got stolen, and I really have been having fantasies about you. I need you to send me some new ones. What? And then he sends me another message and says, because it's just not fair that I lost those, so if you could just <laughs> send me some new ones, that would be great. Is this in all caps? Yeah, and I like it's like a 13-year-old boy like right. speaking at me. I was like, you know, I have a boyfriend now. I'm probably not going to send you pictures of my boobs. Um, you don't Google Drive those? You Google Drive those. What is wrong with it? I don't right. know. Yeah, and password just, secure. So like the most he's important pictures you'll ever own. He's disorganized, yeah. This food fetish thing is um, fascinating to me. So when I was in New York, I had a few girlfriends who made a living from playing out people's fetishes. And uh -huh. one of them was this guy would regularly take her out to dinners, okay? This was like her weekly client. He would take her out to dinners and they would have like a nice five course meal together. 
And then the part that's the fetishized part is that he would watch her do the five courses again. So she, she would have 10 courses in one night. It's like then, a gluttony fetish? A gluttony fetish, but he, he would then go home and jerk off. They would never have any sexual contact. Yeah, because she was so tired. <laughs> yeah. Food coma. Food coma. Yeah, coma. If she got too full and couldn't finish, would it like turn him off? Was yes. he like, "You're disgusting. I just don't even want." He's to like blue balls. <laughs> I do, and we talked about this before on previous episodes, Julie. It's like I admire people who have fetishes that are kind of fringe because then when they find someone who has the same fetish, they're gonna fall in love right yeah. away. You know, you need oh to wear it on God. your sleeve. You know, otherwise you're never gonna find someone else who appreciates it. So good job, Biebs. Way to yeah. way to bust out your bacon dick. So now we're on the topic of fetishes again, and we've talked about this before. But what are your fetishes? Let's start with Megan. Mine are boring. I like I like to be dominated. You know. Yeah, we hear that one a lot. I'm into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a pretty high power woman. I I like to take charge have a career, do my thing. But then in the bedroom, I want someone else to take charge. Yeah, so, so like manhandling. Yeah. Do you like a little BDSM? Light stuff, you know, I'm sure I, I'm pretty game for almost anything. I'm a big try anything once kind of person, except the bacon. Um, but yeah, I like, uh, I, I like to be controlled. I like to be out of control. Have you ever um, tried out a fetish other than the bacon one that you were like, oh, hell no, I'm never doing that one again? Uh, not yet. There's one I want to try though. Ooh, um, I like I like the idea of pretending to meet a partner for the first time at a bar. Uh, role play. Yeah, I like that. Like, oh, I'm just meeting you, and then pretending to be super easy. Like, oh, this guy can just game me. Staying in character is so hard with that it's one. So yeah. hard. Role play is so Especially hard. Especially when other like strangers come into it, and they're like, oh, you guys are on a first date, you know? Yeah, but it's so much fun when you play it out. Fun, My yeah. friend went into a wig store. She just, she, out of curiosity, she asked like one of the people who worked there, she's like, who's your biggest customer here? Like who, who buys the most wigs? And she said, mostly men buying for their wives. Like role play hmm. is so huge that they actually dominate the wig industry. I'm personally a big proponent of monogamy for myself. I don't care what other people do, but I like it. Uh, partially because it's like a dying breed of relationship, you know? In but San I, Francisco, yes, yeah, as but, we know. But I think role playing is a great way to maintain that because you can explore things together and evolve your sexuality as a partnership, you know? you can do new things, there are no rules, and I think that's a great way to maintain it and keep things interesting. Mm. So people say, oh, it's just, you can't get satisfied by one person. I think you can if you're creative enough, so. I agree, I don't think people use enough variety in their relationship and mm -hmm. try hard enough. Avenue that a lot of monogamists don't go down because it's they're, they're so traditional. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Why and there's we... stigma attached to a lot of fetishes. Now, how many people do a fetish and be like, oh, that was so terrible. If it just doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Yeah, exactly. Right. Isn't that one of the beautiful things about partnership though and monogamy is that it's a safe space. You can try things and if it goes weird, you're just like, eh, scrap that, move on to something else. And there's no judgment because yeah. this is someone that you really care about and that you have something special you with. You try it, it might be a funny story. It's yeah. going to be a funny story. Exactly. Yeah. It should be a safe space though. And as long as you have that, then there are no rules. And then things can get really exciting, I think. I also think that one of the most exciting parts of partnership is discovering new fetishes together. Exactly. Is there a list of like light to heavy fetishes? You know, like there's gotta be really oh, easy like ones. Just, like <laughs> yeah. 101. A guidebook. Harvey, do you have any fetishes? Well, since I met you, I've been thinking, <laughs> oh, I've been thinking about food and like, could, could I, so anyone that knows me knows that I absolutely 
it's infatuated with pesto. It's like, I think it's like the best food group ever created. So a bathtub full of pesto. Oh my god! Would be, mm-hmm. I don't know, it would either be the best or the worst thing ever. But like, yeah, what would you, you know what surfboarding is, right? Have you heard of Beyonce? No, Beyonce. <laughs> surfboard. Surf no, I'm confused. Okay. But, yeah, it's a term for sex where the girl's riding on top of the guy. Okay. And there's just pesto everywhere. That might do it for me if you had some like fresh made pasta being thrown into the mix and then it's all going onto a plate and then afterwards you have all this crazy sex and then you get to eat this fresh made pasta with pesto. And it's in the bath, the bathroom, so you, a, you, you know, concerned about cleaning up, it's fine. Who's just, cleaning just it? Just hose it all up. Maybe it'd be good for you though. There are like herbs in there. That could <laughs> be like, that could be like Eastern Your medicine. vagina could actually like, be better. Yeah, it might be tightening, it might be rejuvenating. See, this is the closed-mindedness that we can't handle. And then we bottle it up and sell it as vaginal rejuvenation. That would actually go for something in Japan, Sunny next up. to the used underwear. Oh my gosh, so the same girl that I know from New York who did the five-course meal, she also had another client who drew a bath for her, and then he wrapped her naked body in cellophane and put her in the bathtub and then he cut up carrots and celery and put it in the bathtub and he had salt and pepper and he had a giant spoon and he drank the bath water as a a human human broth. broth. Bone broth. Bone broth, yes. And she said she just like fell asleep in the bathtub and he was like really turned on by this. She got paid to be wrapped in cellophane naked and take a bath. I have a girlfriend whose boyfriend liked to be wrapped in cellophane and he would like when she wrapped him in cellophane and then would just sit in front of him and paint her toenails and like do mundane activities. You can't move when you're wrapped in cellophane and that was his kink. He just loved it. He's so turned on. You can't get out of it, right? No, and she'd have to give him water because it makes you sweat a lot. So like you need to be hydrated. One of these people have their own podcast where they talk about us. Oh my God, my friend, she likes to have sex missionary style on a bed (laughs) with clean sheets. It's disgusting. (laughs) How does she do it? I encourage everyone to explore kind of their freaky side because that's what makes life fun. That's what makes sex fun. Just explore your freaky side. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than being laughed at for your sexual kinks. That's like the number one relationship killer, in my opinion. If you're like open and you're Mm. doing your thing and then someone laughs at you, done. Never again. Boner killer. Julie, do we have, um, you have a question of the day for us. and it's actually super relevant. (laughs) Julie, our esteemed producer, has a question of the day. Is it bacon? (laughs) Not that relevant. Okay. Okay, so this came from Jennifer. Um, my boyfriend wants me to talk dirty in the bedroom, but I feel so uncomfortable. What are some good lines or tips to do this in a more subtle way that he, that will still turn him on? Yeah. Oh, man. Everyone's <laughs> blushing right now. <laughs> Maybe we should hear one from each person. I just like to swear a lot. Yeah, I just like that. I don't know. Is that... <laughs> I would advise her to ask herself what are the things that she gets the most turned on by and Mm -hmm. to write those things down and then to figure out different ways to say those things and while they're happening to say them because they're real that's not a far stretch from reality she can be like this is what I like this is what's happening yeah and to him that will probably be dirty talk And it'll be hot for both of them, and it's not too far of a stretch. Harvey, what's your thoughts from a male perspective? Right. I think I'm with you on this communication thing, and almost anything that a woman says is sexy when you're having sex. Because there's so many women that are silent or close to silent in bed. Oh, and that's the worst, right? Easily. 
the worst. Yeah, I mean, she guys could, won't just hear she feedback. She could just say like this feels good or like something at a minimum. Yeah. Like, or like right there, just anything yeah. every once in a while is so sexy. You almost just right. think. That's you almost, almost think out loud. You know, you just say what you're thinking or what you're feeling, and that's hot to the person you're you're having sex with. Any other words of advice we can give to our listener about beginner dirty talk? Have you ever gotten this question from any of your clients? You know, guys don't ask a lot about dirty talk. They ask more about if women enjoy sex. Isn't that crazy? Uh, they're yeah. really asking that? Yeah, they're serious. Yeah, they That's really want to know. I don't know. What kind I, of sex are they having? Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe they sex. need more dirty dirty talk. But no, not a lot of questions about dirty talk. Uh -oh. Then how would, how would this person know? How would, how would they know yeah. if a woman enjoys sex? Yeah. Well, I'm a big communication person. That's yeah. at the core of what I teach. So you could just ask, you know, be like, was that good for you? You know, it's easy for you. Well, what about the women that don't communicate as much? Well, as a guy, it, it's good if you take a lead to get them to feel comfortable communicating those things. So maybe you lead by example and say, wow, that was really good for me. I love that you did this, this and this that turned me on. Mm. What about you? Is that good for you? And then it gives them a framework through which to answer. Mm -hmm. So they feel comfortable opening up. Great. Okay. Um, let's talk about meetfoxy.com. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a huge passion business for me. I'm a crazy people person. I love to meet new people. So I've been a dating coach for 10 years now and I've helped a thousand guys from around the world, which is awesome. Now I help women as well. And I really teach people how to bring out their most attractive qualities so they can meet the people who are good for them in business context, in professional, whatever, social, romantic, Whoever you want to meet, how can you just be yourself, meet good people, be extroverted, and bring those people into your life? So we've got workshops, monthly programs. What's the number one tip you can give to people who want to attract the right person? Yeah, absolutely. I think the best intention when you're meeting new people is just to be curious. Instead of trying to get something from anyone, just try to tap into your own curiosity. What do you want to know about that person? What do you need to know in order to know that you'd want to spend more time with that person? Go with the intention of finding that out and people will be open and receptive instead of putting up blocks and, and being creeped out by you trying to get something from them. So be curious instead of trying to get something and you're going to meet a lot more people. Bring some bacon. And bring some Obvious. bacon. Wait, and a dipping cup of maple syrup. <laughs> you're really into that yeah. maple syrup. <laughs> Great. If you want to learn more about Megan, you can go to her website, meetfoxy.com. That's F-O-X-I-E. Dot com and uh, listeners at home if you want to share some of your fetishes this is one of my favorite topics because <laughs> dude like freaky is great i love freaky people um but we want to hear about your fetishes we want to hear about what turns you on maybe dirty talking and we want to hear about people who are maybe in the initial stages of discovering their fetishes yeah. that's kind so of interesting that, uh, too why not just like broadcast it to the world okay. be loud and proud and on that note on the count of three one two three Stay dateable. P.S. We want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Here's a dating fact brought to you by Lively, a new video dating app. And we have Kat from Lively here. Kat, do you have any facts around food and sex by chance? Well, oddly enough, <laughs> we do. Yes. <laughs> so we compiled a lot of research and studies and we found that there are certain foods that increase your hormone levels, yes, and create a, that feeling that mimics the sen sensations of sex. Ooh, are eggs and sausages on this list? 
Um, funny enough, no. <laughs> they are not on this list. But we have some other uh, foods that you might find yes. interesting. Okay. So, Taking notes. Yeah. So the first one is kind of, we get it, oysters. Oh, yeah. We've all heard that one. I mean, just look at it. It's <laughs> Just look at it. <laughs> Just look at that oyster. You you know why. Come on now. Mm, yes. <laughs> uh, the second one, chili peppers. Really? Huh. Wow, spicy. I don't Ooh. know, right? It heats up your insides, I it guess. It does, yes. <laughs> uh, the third one, coffee. Hmm. <laughs> also another one I don't think is super attractive. Mm, I think maybe in the morning you need coffee before you. That's true. That's more to get your stamina up. Exactly. Um, okay, the next one is an uh, interesting one, avocados. Yes, I love avocados. Yeah, I know. When I saw this, I was like, okay, I'm totally game. Totally. Bring on yeah. the avocado. I would just date an avocado. <laughs> I love avocados so much. I love them so much. They're so beautiful. And finally, I think this one brings us back to the oyster comment. The last food, bananas. Oh, duh. duh yeah. Boy. Yeah. You don't even need to eat it. Just look at it. Cool. Love the list. No eggs on this list, surprisingly. Yeah. Or not surprisingly. <laughs> thanks, Kat, and thanks, Lively, for that dating fact. Videos tell your story better. Download the Lively dating app today at golivelyapp.com. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, all under Dateable Podcasts.